Hey everyone. Hey mom. Welcome back to Pondering Puton with Hachi Shirotaro and Hachi Mitsuboy. Uh, I'm your host, Connor, and this is my co-host, Neve. Hi, I'm mom. <laughs> Hi, mom. Um, Hi. It means so much to me, you know, that you're supporting yeah. me um, in my podcasting. Yeah. It's really hard to get started, so it's just like having someone that you know loves you um, to be there for you. It Yeah. It means a lot. Um, you'll always so, be my baby boy. <laughs> thank you. Um, I, I, I appreciate that. Uh, it makes me feel really secure when you, when you yeah. say that. So, um, yeah. So, uh, welcome back. Uh, today we are talking about chapter two of the Cromartie high school manga, which we are still reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and which we will be, uh, reading until the end of time um it eventually ends it's not like we like decided to do one piece or something mm, yeah um it is gonna take us pretty far out though so i just i'm not really planning my life past the point of when this podcast is slated to end anyway so yeah um so you know it might as well be forever um yeah. But anyway, okay, so completely unrelated to that. Um so scary stories about after a concert and having to get home. Uh yeah. people who listen to the the I think the after um Bella Lugosi's dead section, the non homophobic zone, as we refer to it as, because uh homophobes don't listen through all of Bella Lugosi's dead. Uh we mentioned that we were going to a Brandy Carlisle concert. Um, now that we are recording is the, the night after. So before we hit record, I was telling Connor about, um, just like the delays because it was on this Island in Chicago. So there was only one bus. And so just like getting on a bus that wasn't already full of people and then, uh, getting to the, the like train lines to then go home, uh, just took way longer than it probably should have. Um, so that was kind of annoying. I'm just tired today because of that. Yeah. And then you saw the Mothman on the, were, were you going to talk about that part? How you saw the Mothman um, on when you were taking the bus back? No, that was the whole talk. reason why it was scary. <laughs> okay. It wasn't well, that we'll scary. Just, it just we'll, took a while and I was tired. Yeah. Yeah. The Mothman moves really slowly. <laughs> Cause he was like in front of the bus, you know? Yeah, but we can. You know, I know you don't have to. I, the Mothman doesn't like being talked about, um, so we'll just yeah. keep that between us. Um. So yeah. Okay. So when I saw the Mothman, um, it was in Chicago. It was like shortly after, um, I moved there, so I didn't really know my way around at all, um, and, uh, as you know, I was going to Chicago, so I was living in Hyde Park. Um, and I think it was like two weeks in. Uh, there was a concert um, that I went to kind of over by um, Chinatown. It was on uh, State yeah. and like uh, 21st. So really not that far okay. from um, Hyde Park. But like, you know, you are taking the CTA to get there. 
Um, and I think it was the red line, uh, if I remember right. Um, so all like to begin with, I'm really bad uh, with like spatial reasoning and directions, uh, just like fundamentally. Um, so if I don't have like my GPS or clearly delineated series of steps to get to where I'm going, uh, yeah. it, it makes me panic like uh, it, to an extreme degree. Uh, so I went to this concert. Um, I took my GPS there. Uh, so I was fine on the way there. But when I was at the concert, um, my phone died. Um, obviously that's a thing that happens that you should probably plan for. Uh, yeah. but I was, uh, I wasn't thinking about that. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I get out of the concert and my phone's dead and I'm instantly like, oh, sh-, like this is going to be a bad time. Um, so what I had done, uh, so it actually, it wasn't just the CTA. So I'd taken a bus like West from Hyde Park, um, to the CT, to like the red line station or whatever, red line or green line. I can't remember. Um, and then I had taken it North to get to the concert. Um, so I knew I was able to navigate back to like where the red line was. Um, and I kind of knew like what stop it was. Uh, so I got off at the right stop, but it was like 3 a.m. Uh, and I didn't know if like the bus was still running. Cause again, like I just moved back. I just moved to Chicago, like didn't yeah. understand how public transit worked. Um, and definitely was not prepared to like walk all the way back to Hyde Park, um, on the route that bus like would have taken. Uh, so I just sat at the bus stop for like 50 minutes at like 3 a.m. Um, and it yeah. turns out that like they are still running buses, but basically like, 50 minutes apart uh like on that line through that uh bus stop at that time um so so i was just sitting there for like 50 minutes like having no idea how to get home uh and also like you know anticipating like dreading whether or not this bus was going to come um yeah but it, it did come um and uh when I finally got on the bus, there's like no one on it, obviously, because um, of where we, the time and like where we were. Um, so I got on and the driver would like, I would start talking to the driver and I'm like, dude, like this, this took so long. Like, what were you doing? Uh, I've been like freaking out here. And he was like, oh, yeah, it was the Mothman. The Mothman was, yeah. was like, he, like, it was kind of like a bottleneck in the road. And he just got in the middle of the road and just started, like, hanging out. Um, and it just took him a really long time to to move on. So I was basically just sitting there um, yeah. twiddling my thumbs. I couldn't even drive the bus. So, um, and then he just, he took me back and I was like, all right, man, see ya. And he was like, yeah, you have a good one. And, uh, yeah, and that was that. <laughs> I was waiting for the Mothman to show up at some point. Uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, why would I tell that story if the Mothman was not involved yeah. somehow? That was the whole point yeah. of the of why we even went on this tangent. Yeah. Because you brought it up first, like initially. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I definitely was the one who first brought it up. Yeah. So, um, yeah, keep an eye out, people who live in Chicago. Um, keep an eye out for that Mothman. Uh, um, he's definitely he's um, big fan of Brandy Carlisle. Apparently, isn't isn't he supposed to like warn people that an accident is going to happen? Maybe he was slowing down that bus because if the bus didn't get slowed down, it would have gotten into like a horrible crash or something. Oh, is that how it works? I think so. Okay. There's, like, multiple stories around the Mothman, but there is, like, a a predominant one is that um, the Mothman will, like, appear on bridges, like, warning people not to go on the bridge because it's going to collapse or whatever. I never knew the Mothman Um, was such a nice guy. Yeah, he's pretty great. I mean, like, have you... Let me just send you this Mothman. Okay. This Mothman's great. Here, let me... I'm, I'm copying the image right now. Uh, I'm sending this just in our chat after the cauliflower. Oh, is this the one that... Is that what he looked like tonight? Yeah. Okay. He's just a little friend. Yeah. It's the... a photograph that I took. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I see... Yeah, I see your arm, like, around him there. Yeah. Okay, I missed that initially because of the... Um, <laughs> you know... He's really furry, so you're kind of like your arms like buried in the, his yeah. coat. Um, but yeah, that's a great picture. Um, you should uh, you should use that as your profile picture or something. <laughs> what is your um, what is your like profile picture right now for most of your social media? Uh, Remind me again. Osaki Nana. Oh, okay. I'm sending you this other that I found when I searched for this Mothman picture. Oh, this is a more dynamic shot. Yeah. Do you want to describe this to the audience? Yeah. So, um, we have the Mothman, um, seemingly like, like launching, would you say? I think this is more of a launch as opposed to like mid flight launching like diagonally, uh, upwards to the left. Um, the wings are, uh, like fully spread out. Um, Mm -hmm. But there is that kind of like dynamism that I think is like uh, implied in the image almost uh, where you think there's like a, like he has just suggestion of flapping. Yeah. He has like just spread them out and it's going to like start flapping in a second. Um, There's, he has two antennae. I mean, obviously we all know that. Yeah. Um, Both of which are like curved, um, also to the, to the left, up and to the left, uh, at like a, there's a slight curve to them. Um, mm-hmm. definitely like you can tell how, um, that he's using the antennae to like navigate to where he's going. Yeah. Um, his eyes are, are open and blood red, of course. Um, as always, as always, the, you know, the Mothman we know and love, um, his mouth is open in like a kind of like gaping ovular shape. Um, which, you know, we've, that's also expected. 
Just like imagine a black sesame seed, but like large. Yeah. That's kind of like how it's been drawn here. Yeah. Um, so on the like front of the torso and the back of the torso, there's a little bit of ruffling, um, which, you know, it, it kind of just gives you the idea, like, to make sure you know that the Mothman is furry. Because um, mm-hmm. the rest of the body is like very smooth in this image. Um, but we know that there is like a, a pretty significant coat. Um, yeah. And then, uh, the Mothman has very long, lithe legs. Um, it looks yeah. like he's probably like put lotion on them recently. Yeah. Tell uh, me more about the Mothman's legs. Um, how would you describe like the, the calf? You know, the calf is considerable. Um, yeah. It is, uh, I don't know if, if he just has really good, like, genes, or if he does work out his calves. Um, yeah. I, I feel like even with good genes, like, this Mothman is for sure, like, doing leg day. Yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah, like, like weighted uh, calf raises the whole, whole mm-hmm. bit. Um, you also get, like, you know, that, that calf muscle gets a lot of... Um, does a lot of heavy lifting on that initial takeoff. Um, yeah. So I think you maybe see the residual like f- flexion in the calf um, mm-hmm. from that, that motion. Um, and then on his feet, the Mothman is wearing um, like, I guess it wasn't really accurate to say that his eyes are blood red. Um, they're more of like, they're more pinkish. Um, I, I don't know what exactly, what color I would call this. Is this like a blood orange color? Um, it's like a light red, maybe almost pinkish. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a touch of like, um, it it is red, but there's like a touch of yellow to it. So it's getting like a, just a little bit pushed into like a, almost like salmon-y pink, but it's still that's, like more saturated than I associate with like salmon. Yeah. But that's definitely the right word to like, yeah. To help you visualize. So like if the, you imagine like a bright, like that bright, like reddish orange, like piece of cut salmon on like a nigiri. Yeah. It's like that color more. Definitely. Um, so yeah. So the Mothman's wearing heels of this color that we're describing, um, that matches yeah. eyes perfectly. Um, and, and he- also the, the, cause the wings have like sort of, um, if you're going from like the, the arm parts, you know, you know how wings, like you kind of have parts that are like the actual arm sticking out and then stuff hangs down. That's like the membrane and feather and whatever. Yeah. The wing. Fly. Yeah. Um, so like going like right under from like, you know, armpit arm there, it's like sort of yellow. Uh, and then it has this bit of like the stripes of, um, that sort of salmon color. And then there's sort of a line and then some green mm. at the very bottom. Yeah. Um, I imagine that, like, I imagine that the wings kind of like light up as the Mothman gains speed. So like yellow mm-hmm. is like gear one and then red is gear two and then green is like yeah. gear three. So that when the, the Mothman, there's like, also... The Mothman's accelerating also, and it's moving. Yeah. Like, the, it's lighting up as it goes down. 
Yeah. Um, there's also some, like, uh, shapes that are composed of, like, basically if you had, like, a black dot and then you outlined it in white and then you outlined that with black again, but in kind of, like, a splotch pattern. Yeah, it's kind um, of, like, the shit that you would do in middle school when you're just, like, yeah. doodling after you stop drawing that S thing. Yeah. And you, like, were, like, well, I have n- <laughs> what other shape am I going to do? I guess I'll attempt some weird shapes. Um, and that's kind of, that's kind of what we have here. Um, did not realize that the Mothman doesn't have hands. No, no hands. Yeah. Not this Mothman. Yeah. It doesn't really make it hard to communicate. You know, if you're trying to like, if you can't speak human languages and you're trying, don't have hands, you're trying to warn people about an imminent disaster. You just kind of have to stand on the bridge and hope that people will be, like, scared enough of you that they won't cross the bridge. Yeah. That, w- that would seem to be your because only option. Because as it falls, you can fly away. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that would seem to be the only option, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, all right. Well, this has really reframed the whole Mothman issue for me. Um, so, Yeah. We appreciate you, Mothman. <laughs> um, good looking out. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, chapter two. Um, did you? What did you think of, of chapter two? Um. Can I? Can I start? I, yeah, you can start. My favorite part. Uh, let me find it. It's at the end when they're talking about the the dominoes. How yeah. Kamiyama was like setting them up. Yeah. Um and then they Kamiyama was like really like worried about something bad happening. So then he came yeah. to the <laughs> So then he came to the warehouse. And uh that that figure was there. Wait, what? Yeah. The figure, and he was like, oh, this is a warning. Like, something bad's going to happen to these dominoes. Hold on, I'm still looking for it. Do we have the same edition? I'm not finding that section. What? Do we have the same edition here? Um, wh- where's the edition written? Let me let me double check. Um, okay. What's I, your edition? I found mine. Okay. It says. Do you, do it you says want me to read mine first? So um, so mine. I'll read mine first, and then you you can read yours, okay. and we'll we'll see what's going on with yours. Yep. So because mine seems pretty basic and straightforward. Mm-hmm. So um, it's Kumrade High School, Volume One, Copyright Two Thousand One, Eiji Nonaka, All Rights Reserved. First published in Japan in Two Thousand One by Kodansha Limited, Tokyo. English translation rights for this edition arranged through Kodansha Limited. Um, and then uh. It says right here, uh, first printing, March 2005. Okay, got it. Um, so mine mine just says uh, um, Cromartie High School, Volume 1, 
Um, yeah. Copyright 2001, A.G. Nonica. Um, mm-hmm. It says M, so it just has like a weird acronym where it's M, M A N, so like M Man Edition. Um, yeah. All rights reserved. <laughs> all rights reserved. <laughs> um, for first published in uh, New York, New York City, so that's that's different as well. Um, yeah. In uh, September of two thousand one. Um, by Kodansha. Wait, so- huh. Yeah. It's weird how it calls out, like, September 2001, New York City. Yeah. Um, so anyway, okay, what was your, what was your favorite? Um, well, yeah, I, mine must be, so, like, I know this, because, so, in the back of, like, Volumes of Nana, um, there are these sections, I'm just bringing this up because it's very specifically related to this. Okay. Um, where... Uh, how I would just like draw s- some bonus content, um, and in it they sometimes talk about like, oh, here are typos that existed in the the first edition printing that then got fixed later on, um, and you know most of this like it got translated many years later into English, so like what we got as first edition in English was based on the corrected stuff, um, but like even in the original Japanese, they they messed some stuff up. So I just maybe like I got like maybe what I have is not what it's supposed to be. Because so in mine, I I can just tell you what ha- happens in mine. Yep. Okay. Um. So they're setting up all the dominoes and. Uh, a bunch of people like kind of give up, quit. Um, some even collapsed. Um, and so Kamiyama's like getting really irritable. Um, being like, why, why am I even doing this? Uh, this is like some, some person wants to do like Guinness book of world records. Most dominoes knocked over, but like, I'm just like getting annoyed now. And so Kamiyama actually decides to go the day of the big event. Is this all in your book? Um, not, not quite. It's not quite the same. Okay. But, well, so yeah. he goes like, basically like he sneaks into the warehouse at night where the yeah, dominoes he sneaks are. into the, yeah, the, the warehouse where the dominoes are. Um, and then this actually is my, my favorite part, which is, uh, so like one of the badasses that he's talking to is like, no way! T- don't tell me you knocked them all down right before the event. And then Kamiyama says, "No, I never do something that outrageous." Um, and they're like, "Oh, damn! You ha- you had me going. Hey, don't freaking lead us on like that." Um, and then Kamiyama says, "The world record at that time was thirty-seven thousand and forty-two dominoes." Yeah. And then you turn the page, right? Okay, so exactly the same. Well, that the part that you read off, I have exactly the same. Okay. Uh, and then I turn the page and it, it shows, there's a little diagram of, uh, like three dominoes standing up and one of them slightly raised up with like a little bit of white stuff under it. And it says like adhesive glue and it's pointing to it and says the 30, uh, the 37,042nd domino. And Kamiyama says, uh, what I decided to do was apply some adhesive to the, the 37,042nd domino so that it wouldn't fall. And then everyone's shocked and, and like, you're one incredibly bad dude. Um, 
And I like the paint, the, the, I see how this is building up. He's like going to go and knock them all down before the big event. Um, and like ruin everyone's fun. Uh, and then he's like, Oh no, no, it wasn't anything that ridiculous. Um, and then you turn the page and it's like, what he did was even more sinister, which is that everyone went, they were all excited. They knocked it down. And then literally like, weren't, weren't able to, because he glued it down. Mm. Um, which is like a, you know, is honestly kind of a pretty mean thing to do. Like if people have been working on this for a month. Yeah. Um, people are like yeah. dying of exhaustion. Yeah. So like Tamiyama is one incredibly bad dude. I think I would agree with that statement. Yeah. What happens in yours? Um, so you so said wait. something about like a shadowy figure. Okay. Yeah. So hold on. But first I feel like the, the part that is most confusing me about this. So when you were describing the graph, you said it shows that like, one of the well, domi- like diagram diagram right yeah um it like it does kind of look like a line like a, a bar graph but okay so you said it was the like the middle one that he had glued yeah How, but that doesn't that doesn't make any sense though well so like because if the middle one doesn't only- fall then like none of the ones after that fall yeah, that's the that's the idea. So it will it will go and hit, and it will hit on the the one that would have been the previous record, but not breaking the record, and then it won't fall past that either. And so it's not going to break the record, and all of those ones won't fall down. Oh, I see. Okay, so it's not like the total number of dominoes is one more than needed to break the record, or is it? Yeah. Oh, it is. Okay, it's the, like the penultimate well, domino. Well, so it's not explained whether they went be. I would assume that you would try to go further if you could, um, just to make it a little bit harder for other people to beat your record. But at the very least, it was like the the penultimate one for them to break the record that stuck. So then it can't hit the one where the record's broken and then probably go beyond, you know, as far as they, they went. But that's unclear because it, it's just kind of showing you the three. But like. You know, Nonaka Eiji didn't draw 37,042 dominoes. Right. Yeah, no. No, I, I'm i not asking for that. I'm just saying, like... Yeah. Just trying to understand. Since I don't have this part, I was just trying to get so what is So what does yours have? Okay, so build-up is basically the same. Like, yeah. prior page, final panel. The world record at the time was 37,042 dominoes, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Okay. Flip over uh, top right hand corner of the page. So it's like a darkened warehouse. Um, uh huh. It's it's actually like very similar to the frame on the other page where he's like at the warehouse, except it's like flipped. So it's from Kamiyama's perspective, and you oh, yeah. see like uh, a shadowy figure like standing. It's just partially like illuminated by the, the the same light in that prior panel. Um, yeah, and you can't quite tell, but it looks like like it might be a winged figure, you know. Um, yeah, and so and then the caption is like, um, at the warehouse I saw a mysterious figure, uh, and. 
seeing the figure on, sorry. At the warehouse, I saw a mysterious figure. And it spooked me so badly, I decided to go home. And then there's the, the panel where there's no text. It's just the three delinquents. Yeah. Like with the shocked looks on their face. Yeah. Um, and then, um, the last panel is like, Kamiyama is like looking a little bit bashful. Um, and he's mm-hmm. like, um, of course, it probably wasn't anything. Uh, after all, uh, I'm glad that I didn't do what I was planning to do. And then all of the like delinquents yelling, um, in the first delinquent in like all caps is like, that was the Mothman. And then the other delinquent, yeah. um, like over to the side I- is like, yeah, that was definitely the Mothman. I wonder, I wonder if like, you know, there, there's like a chapter of Berserk. I know that's been removed. I know there's some. This is kind um, of weird now that I'm looking at it. There's some like mangaka who have like rewritten stuff. I wonder if like, you know, this is, this is the second chapter. He's like, Nonaka's still figuring out what he wants these characters to be. Right. Maybe he like looked back on this volume later and was like, I don't actually want Kamiyama to do something that like evil and cruel. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think so. so. Um, I think it's an important moment for Kamiyama to see, like, to be steered away from disaster. Like a disaster of his yeah. own making, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, like, it's interesting to see, like, that brush with, like, delinquency that he almost had. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. But that's just, like, some greater force. Uh Thank you for joining us today. Next time we'll be reading chapter three from volume one. You can find the full schedule at exportaudio slash Putan schedule. You can get early access to episodes of this podcast and many others by becoming a $1 patron of the network at exportaudio and listen a week before the public feeds or for $5, get exclusive access to pop down funk, a weekly podcast for Autumn Minora roll a random Funko pop and have to watch something from that media franchise. They just did the a team. Uh, if you like this podcast, please tell a friend they can find the free feed at exportaudio slash Putan or by searching pondering Putan on their podcast app of choice. If you like listening to us, uh, we do a lot more of that over at, or listening to us talk, we do a lot more of that over at Ghost Divers, which you can find at exportaudio slash Ghost Divers, or by searching Ghost Divers on your podcast app of choice or about to do Serial Experiments Lane. You can find the show Pondering Putan on Twitter or just at Putan on co-host. Uh, you can find me at FoxPumNia on Twitter and co-host. Where can people find you, Connor? Connor? <laughs> uh, y'all can follow me at Rabelais, uh, R-B-B-L-E-A-S on Twitter and co-host. And our opening theme is Nante by Yoshida Takaro. And taking, it out to, uh, taking us out today is Naniwa Bushideo by, uh, Jinsewa by uh, Teresa Tang, which this is like a big, uh, like, classic um, Enka song, I think. But uh, I decided to just do the Teresa Tang one because uh, she's great. Class is missed. Right? I was gonna. I was just gonna let you handle that one. Uh, yeah, class dismissed. Finally. Bye.
Oh, 